0: Hi, this is Steve. Almost 10 years ago, I had the great privilege of working with the wonderful Joe Montana on my film, The Assistants. In addition to being an incredibly talented actor with an unbelievable resume, Joe also happens to be one of the nicest, most genuine people I've ever met in the industry. When I asked him what movie he would be interested in talking about at the Cinéphiles, his response was immediate and unequivocal. Joe wanted to talk about the 1938 classic, The Adventures of Robin Hood, starring Errol Flynn. You see, it ends up that watching Errol Flynn on the big screen was what made young Joe Montaigne want to be an actor in the first place. It is his all-time favorite movie, and I can certainly understand why. With breathtaking technicolor, fantastic action sequences, and wonderful performances from Flynn, Basil Rathbone, Claude Rains, and Olivia de Havilland, the Adventures of Robin Hood is the archetypal swashbuckler. This is not only a great film, but an important one whose influences can still be felt today. And if you haven't seen it, there is an absolutely beautiful Blu-ray that's available for purchase through our website, cinephiles.net. That's C-I-N-E dash dot You can purchase Adventures of Robin Hood along with every other film we've ever reviewed. So that's the Adventures of Robin Hood with very, very special guest, Joe Montaigne, this Friday on the Cinephiles.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Sherwood, my lady. <laughs>
0: Hello and welcome once again to The Cinephiles, where each week we enter the world of a great film, we explore its themes, its history, the filmmaking, and the influence it has on us today. My name is Steve Morris, I'm a filmmaker and directing instructor in Los Angeles, California. Hello everyone, my name is
2: John Roca. I'm a voiceover actor, host of numerous shows, and occasionally an on-camera actor in California. And I say that with a little bit of shame, and with our guests sitting in front of us, that I can even say that. But uh, we'll see if I make it through the podcast uh, Not going insane about it You can
3: say it I'm an <laughs> on, on occasional on-camera actor myself it's, a, it's just a question of how you, occasional That's right It's <laughs> um, relative
0: you, term And you've already heard his voice We're so thrilled to welcome uh, an actor who's I, I was looking at your list of credits I can't possibly list them all here They're way too long But an actor who's worked uh, extensively with David Mamet You got a, you got a Tony for uh, Richie Roma Which is in one of my favorite plays Glengarry Glen Ross And of course movies like Godfather 3, Forget Paris, The Starve, CBS Criminal Minds, Fat Tony on The Simpsons, which is very important to all of us, and of course you acted for me in uh, my film The Assistants. I'm very happy to welcome Joe Montaigne to The Cinephiles.
3: Thanks, Steve. Glad to be here.
0: Uh, I'm thrilled. And and when we first started talking about you coming on the show, you instantly, instantly responded the movie you wanted to do was 1938, Errol Flynn, The Adventures of Robin Hood.
3: Yeah, Absolutely.
0: And, and and I'm so curious, it's obvious that you have a real
3: connection in this film, and I wonder, how did you first come to it? What What is the importance of this film in you your life? You know what, I, it, how I first came to it, in a way, justifies my um, lack of prejudice between television and film. Mm. You know, I grew up in an era, especially being an actor, that... Uh, there was this whole period for many years where you were either, if you were going to be an actor, you were, you were, let's say you were either a stage actor. You had like three options. You were a stage actor, and they thought of you as that. You were a TV actor, you know, somebody who just did kind of TV shows and stuff. Or you were a film star, a film actor. And and there were those three definitions. And, and very often that twain did not meet. Uh, obviously, things have changed immensely yeah. today. But back then it was like that. But... What I discovered and what I've realized is that um, I discovered most of my favorite movies through television. Because sure, first of all, As a kid, I, the, the kind of where I discovered movies was like on late night TV, you know, there'd be movie nights and all that on, on television like at 10.30 in Chicago. This was in Chicago back at 10.30 after the news. Chicago, the news comes out at 10. And at 10.30, they usually run movies. Or on Saturday afternoons, they'd run movies. Right. Uh, and so... I got exposed to the movie Robin Hood. What well, I didn't even I didn't have a color TV then, you know, and and that's so what it, I was wondering if yeah, you had seen it black and white. No, first. I saw it first in black and white because I remember the first color TV our family had. I bought it because I had took us my, my daddy. He had been uh, he had been disabled most of his life, so we you know we, we never have a lot of cash. And I remember I took a student loan to go to my first year of uh, acting school, and I, I borrowed more than I needed, and I used part of the money to get a color TV for my family because <laughs> yeah. I was still living at home. I said, hey, at least we're going to do this. Let's, let's use some of this government money for something, you know. If the acting thing doesn't work out, at least we've got a TV. You know? and I can pay on time with low interest. <laughs> So, um, so, we, so to see it in black and white, all I could say is, when I first saw the movie, it was like, you know, it was the music. I mean, first of all, you know, those were the days when themes, you know, movie themes were really movie themes were huge orchestrations. Right. And here was this guy, Earl Flynn, and here was this whole. You know, it was just from beginning to end, it was this fantasy. I mean, it was like a a Grimm's fairy tale in a way come to life. So I I got hooked on it right away, just even in the black and white version. And it was one of those things that then it progressed from there. So in other words, as I got older, so like I barely discovered the movie, I was probably, you know, 10 years old or 12 years old, let's say, you know, and was just amazed by just the fun of it and the fantasy of it. But then as I got older and got more into acting couple things happened first of all I, like i said we got the color tv so i'm sure i saw some bad kind of version of it because the color tv back then was really bad you know but right. but at least i saw it but then I remember I was uh, I was in acting school at the time, and I remember there were going to be there was this theater in Chicago called the Clark Theater, and what they would do was run old movies like yeah. you know for, right. you know and, they, and so I remember they advertised we're going to have Robin Hood and we're going to show it in the original Technicolor you know right. the, a, a, a print that we've kind of restored and all and I for me that was a big deal, and so I went to see that and to see it on a big screen, with in that great old Technicolor where the co- the reds yeah. are like jumping out at you and stuff right. and then the music they'd piped up the music I mean I, I was like weak in the knees seeing that version and then from that I got this huge interest in Errol Flynn Just, I started watching all his movies and then uh, his book he has a book called My Wicked Wicked Ways mm-hmm. and I got I read the book and I got obsessed with the book to where I was actually looking th- I'd go through old bookstores and if I could find hard copies of it, yeah. i buy them. And what's funny is it went out of print, and I, I think I've got about three hard copies of it, and they're probably worth, you know, more than, like, you know, things that I might think are valuable in my life. But these books, only because I was so fixated on, on this. And, and, and to wrap it up, bottom line is what it ultimately led to is jump cut to, you know, just a few years ago when I was, you know, fortunate enough to be awarded a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and given the choice where I wanted it to be, I said, if there's a spot next to Errol Flynn, I'll take it. Wow. And there was, and there is. And <laughs> oh. if you walk down Hollywood Boulevard, you walk over Errol Flynn, and then next step, you walk over me. That's, that's
0: great. What What that's is amazing. it about Errol Flynn that fascinated you so much?
3: I think what it was is he, to me, he was the epitome of what? If you're going to look in under dictionary under what's a movie star, yeah, that would be yeah. for my. I would say, uh, Errol Flynn, because he had the, he was the whole package. I mean, he was good looking, he was dashing, he was he had this thing about him. This, then when I read his book, it just amplified it all because this guy. The book was called My Wicked, Wicked Ways, yeah. and was it ever? I mean, this yeah. guy. I mean, he 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 lived this incredible life off screen that was much more colorful and interesting than any role he played. And, and in a way I think it's because I didn't live a life like that. I mean, I like to think <laughs> I had a pretty exciting life, but not nothing like I'm no Errol Flynn, but I certainly vicariously lived through he, kind of that book and what he did and some of the stories in that book. And he was one of the few guys that had, did not have a ghostwriter. I mean, and, and, and that was a point that he made of I mean, in the book that he wrote that book. And I just thought, and you can tell, by just the way you read it, that it was a guy. These are his own words. This was not somebody trying to glorify his life, because he really wasn't. It wasn't a kind of book where it's like, oh God, well, how great that I did this. It was more all about some of the really bad stuff, the crazy right, stuff yeah. he did, and he and he died young, uh, relatively young. I think he was 50, 50, 51 or fifty-two or something like that. Um, and uh, it, it's as I said, it just throughout my life, I, I've, you know, even though I as an actor I, and also I felt in a way he got cheated as an actor because I think he got typecast in the days right. when well, you would be typecast and well, so the,
0: Robin Hood role I mean well sure yeah. Robin
3: Hood I mean that kind of said I mean then he, Captain Blood which he did before yeah. that I mean and but, but almost all the, the they died with their boots on I mean all the, move, the movies he played they were all big action kind of yeah. he's either a cowboy or a pirate or a, or, or a robber in Sherwood Forest or wherever it might be so very rarely did he get a chance to do dramatic stuff but when he did he was really great i mean he did the one movie where uh he he got to play john barrymore but the movie wasn't even about him it was about his his, his daughter mm. uh, and uh but he but he, you can just see in that movie even just a little bit of that movie or a little bit of that part that he played in the movie that he had the chops to be a much better dramatic actor. In a way, I think that's kind of led to his downfall. I mean, he became a terrible alcoholic and all that. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that he... He was phoning it in. I mean, some of the stories, I mean, with him and, and the Warner Brothers, working at Warner Brothers right. and, and fights he would have with Betty Davis because he was a bigger box office star. And yet he actually envied her for the kinds of roles she right. got. And she hated him because he was a bigger yeah. star than right. her. <laughs> uh, but uh, not so. She envied him. In, one way, and he envied her the other way, and so never that Twain shall meet with that.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's this this myth about Hollywood and this world
3: that we occupy.
0: People have this idea that you're going to go be successful, and then everything's going to be okay. Oh, yeah.
3: No, in yeah. fact, there's there is a line in the book, which is really amazing. He says, "Here I am. I'm on the top of the world. it was at a time when he like things couldn't have been better in his career. He was like st- starring in whatever movie it was that might have been Robin Hood." He had every woman in the world. I mean, there's the phrase in like Flynn was because yeah, of him, yeah. you know, all of that. He says, so he, he says in the book, so here I am. Everything is right in my life. Why am I sitting in my bedroom on the corner of the bed with a barrel of a gun in my mouth? Wow. And, and, and literally he, he got to that point. Right, he he, he put a barrel of gun in his mouth and and thought about killing himself Mm -hmm. and then you start to read about it and you understand that he just had a lot of demons and this that and the other as as do most people you know have demons uh, and he was not exempt and so all that kind of humanized him for me though of course I never got to meet him he's still a mythical figure Mm -hmm. maybe in a way that's why I still have such a you know admiration for him because I never got to know him personally it's all due to you know the, the medium it's, it's funny,
0: I, it never occurred to me because I never knew any of this or your relationship to him, but it occurs to me now that the character you played in The assistance is this guy who is from the outside very successful he's a womanizer and inside he's a deeply unhappy person right and i don't know if you thought about any of that i certainly didn't
3: i I, you know i mean now that you mention it i could say think to myself yeah i probably did channel some of that in the sense of like i probably would attracted me to the role in a way yeah Yeah. you know because there's that complexity there's that thing that dichotomy of of things which are always the great things to play in in any role you know you always want to play against what's the obvious or be able to have those two sides of a character.
0: Absolutely. So, John, do you remember how you first came to <laughs> Adventures of Robin Hood?
2: <laughs> I don't know if I can follow that up, but yeah, <laughs> I, it was very similar, actually, to, to uh, can I say, Joe, is that all right? Yeah, can please be, do. To, to Joe's uh, 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 exposure to the film, because growing up in D.C., it, yeah, we had black and white television as well, WDCA 20 was what showed all the old films, and you'd watch them on Saturday afternoon. So, But my first exposure to it was in Looney Tunes when you saw that, oh, like, oh, Welcome yeah. to Sherwood, that Bugs Bunny cartoon right. Where he you're swings right. In. But you're and right. I was like oh, I remember being a kid, and then when the movie, like I think I was just randomly watching movies on a Saturday afternoon, and it came on, and I in black and white, and I was like, wait a minute, that looks so similar to, yeah. and then it wasn't until later that I saw it at the theaters and so like with the revival houses, and and really exploring the. Technicolor uh, of the film and the, the vibrancy and everything about it, and I became just as interested in 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 Errol Flynn as well growing up because I was into the old old school hearing all because I used to manage a bookstore, so we used to sell all those biographies of the and right. I saw so he would sit and read them. and My Wicked Wicked Ways is one that people came and bought all the time there in DC, so it was interesting. and I think
3: they did a TV movie. They did. based on his life, which I, wasn't one hundred percent great. No, but it was no. There, in fact, know? I knew I'm trying to think of his name, but I knew the actor who played yeah, the part, and yeah. he, he looked good. He really did. I knew the guy. Like, I mean, it's based on his name, now, yeah. uh, because he was also an artist. He he actually yeah. drew art and stuff. Was and he was very good. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it would have been a difficult movie to capture anyway. But it you know they gave it a shot. But I don't. I mean, I, I didn't. For me, it was all about the book because sure. that, yeah. that's the kind of book that when you read it, I I, I now I, I have to read him yeah, doing yeah, yeah. it. I picture him doing all this stuff. And and some of the stuff he did was just. I mean, he killed a guy. I think. so yeah. He thinks. Yeah. In his
2: car, I think. Right. Well, no, what I think was,
3: it was he? no. He's actually. He you know he grew up. He he. The first chapter is called the Tasmanian Devil, <laughs> because he grew up in Tasmania. Oh yeah. Because Hollywood made it like when he when he. You know the Hollywood press machine made it like Errol Flynn. He's he's from Ireland, and you know he's an Irish actor. And he says, "Hey, he he was not from Ireland. He was he was born in Tasmania because his father was a like an oceanographer or something. He had some real crazy job like that. So he grew up in Tasmania. But there was this thing where he was like, when he was a young man, they were they were going through the jungle and they were looking for coconut fields or something like that. Or they were (laughs) and whatever." Something happened, natives started the whatever, and there was a gunfight ensued. So he's not yeah. sure, but he thinks they killed a guy. I mean, <laughs> well, the guy, he, he off, had to man. shoot and run. And yeah, right. He, he went off
0: and, like, you know, sailed from like Tasmania to Papua New Guinea or something. Some yeah, well, he was a great yeah, sailor. He, he had
3: yeah. a, a, he, uh, his name of his boat was the Sirocco. Mm. And he was very, uh, he actually then wrote another book, i which I have a copy of too. Um, uh, I can't think of the title of it, but but mm-hmm. it's all about his his adventures on his boat. Yeah, yeah. you know, and it's more just that. Yeah, uh, but he was yeah he was a wonderful sailor. He loved that. Spent a lot of time in the and. In, uh, all over with that boat yeah
2: my mom was a massive fan of errol Flynn, so we would see all his stuff sure. what you were mentioning right oh, captain great. blood they dive their boots on him and tyrone power were the two yeah, that my exactly. mom absolutely loved that's so exactly.
0: yeah. that's the classic stuff yeah but so i'm my story's gonna be real short because it's the same all oh, right saturday morning tv somewhere between the shirley temple movies and the movies oh, and bowery nice. boy nice. movies and the robin Costello movies they would play these adventure ones and here's the thing for me is that i must have watched it a whole bunch as a kid mm-hmm I don't think I'd watched it since. Really? Yeah. So so for wow. me, this was it was this weird sensation watching it again of I didn't remember anything and everything was familiar. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. And, and the actors. I mean, you had Claude oh, Rains, yeah. who was oh, so fantastic. Basil Rathbone. He... I mean, we did an episode of Criminal Minds about six, seven years ago. And then we hired this young actor who was wonderful. And he was Basil's grandson. Oh wow, oh, cool! And his last name was Rathbone, and it was like I was like more excited to be working with him. you know he was all excited to work it on the show and I'm saying don't oh, forget it man I can't match Mike's I've been working with one of the Rathbones you know yeah, absolutely <laughs> you know I mean your grandfather was a god to me you know right, right. so
0: so I I did some research as I always try to do mm. and here's the one thing that came up that I thought was so interesting which is you know we did uh, for Holy Grail and for Excalibur yeah. I, we did I did a lot of research on King Arthur. And what I discovered doing this is that Robin Hood is very similar in the sense that he is a you know a mythic character of of English stories that mm-hmm. evolved over time, just like King Arthur did. Yeah. And at each stage, along as each new era happened, new ideas were inserted into the Robin Hood myth, just mm-hmm. like with King Arthur. So stealing from the rich and robbing from the poor that came in when ethics. At the same time that might for right came in for King Arthur. And the romantic made marrying stuff, that wasn't in the original stories, it came in when the Guinevere stuff was coming in for right. King Arthur, yeah. is that the each era imposed their ideas Onto this character until you get finally to Sir Walter Scott and Ivanhoe, and that's really where it gets solidified with all the King Richard stuff, mm. and and that's sort of the kind of the image of this character we have today. But he's really this amalgam, and and by the time we get to you know the nineteen thirties, uh, Warner Brothers at that time is really famous for gangster films and Busby Berkeley movies. Like yeah. those are the big things that are happening then and the with the Hayes code coming in there's all the censorship they go oh, maybe we got to lay off some of the gangster pictures and it's just as technical as it comes and they, they have this idea we're going to do robin hood and i was shocked to discover <laughs> who was originally supposed to be cast as robin hood yeah James Cagney. James Cagney. Oh, my God. Uh, that would have been Cagney. a whole other movie. Right? <laughs> right. I, I Insane. Well, he's their biggest star yeah, of course. at the time. You dirty right. Marion? <laughs>
3: right? You're Brit's on you. I just, <laughs>
0: the idea of Cagney playing yeah. the role. Oh, yeah.
3: He'd have been, you know, he'd have been good in the sword fighting scenes, Yes, though, he could because move. Because he could dance his ass off. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So, yeah. so, I mean, uh, but uh, things happen the way they're supposed to <laughs> Right. Happen. Yeah, he's a, he, a diminutive guy, too. Yeah, no, exactly. Thing. Everybody had been walked, standing on, like, soap in you know, little right. soap boxes he, yeah <laughs> so but he has a big fight with jack warner at the
0: time so he's out oh wow and, and errol flynn had really come from nowhere hmm. like I, my understanding is that he just had a you know sent, essentially a nobody actor and had a screen test for captain blood
3: yeah yeah, yeah. like it's, yeah he was all he had go, really going for him was his good looks and stuff like yeah. that And when he came to hollywood he was kind of like banging around and did some small stuff but you know eventually he got a you know one thing led to another and i think he had like he like i said he had that kind of dashing leading man look Absolutely. already mm-hmm. and, and what i loved about him is he had that that personnel that's the other thing about actors and actresses from that era unlike today where you can you know flick flick on any whether a podcast a tv show a interview show you you know who your the stars are from television and and, and film uh you see the personal side of them in other words, right. you 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 have a million opportunities to see wh- what they are as people beyond their work. Back then, no. So I mean, Errol Flynn, to me, he only existed on film. Right. Yeah. Like, what what is Errol Flynn like off camera? Who knew? Yeah. And and there was rare times when I was able to catch footage of like old clips of like when they, especially when when they came out with those those kind of collections later of you know Hollywood is the great years of Hollywood and they would show yeah. little clips of you know and here's Errol Flynn you know showing right. up at some yeah. charity thing and then yeah. he says a couple of words on off camera and you're like wow he actually well look at him he's wearing regular clothes and you know mm-hmm. what I mean and that's kind of that, I think that helps perpetuate the myth of these kinds of yeah. actors mm-hmm. because you only knew them as the, these, these kind of supernatural beings that they were on yeah. film you
0: know well now we're in the opposite world where every little oh god detail is yeah. horrible
3: well yeah. yeah i mean well now with the internet and this then yeah and also to, to become a star you become a huge star just by being who you are i yeah. mean it's like nuts you know it's personalities are, are driving it as uh so whatever it's it's a different it's time world different thing, in, yeah. you know
0: yeah, so, so uh, originally William Keeley is the director, and he directs essentially half the film, it seems like, and then he the movie's going way over budget, it's over schedule, and they bring in Michael Curtiz, who's you know one of our great, and I think right. underrated directors. He's, he's one that we don't talk about in that list of John mm-hmm. Ford and Howard Oh, I Hawks. agree oh, with he you. He's yeah. so good.
3: And as I recall too, Curtiz you used to have like a deal with Flynn too, mm-hmm. that if he would just stay sober until till <laughs> they, till they wrapped, he would go drink with him afterwards because Flynn hated to drink alone. Oh, there we uh, go. You know, yeah. so it was like, okay. And he says, that's what kind of worked because mm-hmm. they, they had already worked together, you know, before. so they, they yeah. knew we each other. If came. you have
2: a proclivity for depression, the last thing you want to do is drink alone. Yeah, You know, exactly. you want someone around so to, to, you don't put the barrel in your
0: mouth by yourself. You know? Right. It's good advice. Yeah, <laughs> always good advice. Um, uh, should we get into the movie? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, so we open on this parchment in our classic uh, 1938 romantic adventure style um and we immediately have this announcement that Richard was uh, King Richard was captured during the crusades and we meet our bad guys right away King, King John and Guy of Gisborne Claude Rains
3: yeah. and Basil Rathbone Yeah I mean the best probably the two 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 of the greatest villains in the history of film Yeah and what a, what, I mean and, and a nice what's nice is they counter balanced each other i mean one guy's kind of this little kind of weasley kind of guy and yeah. rathbone was this kind of distinguished kind right of, you know da, 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 da. i mean i remember errol in wicked wicked ways he talks about the sword fights in that movie mm. and he says it was really tough on him because you know errol be, have had been coming off a binge the night before <laughs> and now he's got a sword fight and of course he would just learn as much as he needed to learn and he says rathbone really took it seriously and rathbone really was Good at it. Otherwise, no, he's saying, one of yeah. those guys that studied it. Yeah, and so he says in those fights, he'd be like Harold. Flynn was just like, I just want to get through this. You know, uh, this guy could kill me if I if I let him go. You know, boy, that's dead. The last
0: thing I want to be sword fighting with <laughs> exactly. is a drunk guy just trying to get through it. <laughs> exactly,
3: <laughs> uh, that's brutal. But, yeah, but I thought that they were so great, Claude Rains and Rathbone together, mm. because they were just just per- were perfect kind of foils. For well, them. of course, because I hadn't seen it in
0: forever. Mm. Of course I remembered Basil Rathbone. I had forgotten that it was Claude Rains. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, I, you know, having watched him in Casablanca and Lawrence of Arabia, mm. we, we did Mr. Smith Goes to Washington yeah, yeah. for the right. show, and, like... What an amazing actor he is. Oh, great actor. Just
2: unbelievable range. Absolutely. And and when you cast two actors like that, you want them not to play the same type of villain, right? And you get, he's more effeminate, Claude Rains. Exactly. oh, let him talk. I want to hear what he has to say. Oh, yeah. Rathbone is more like a, like even when he challenges him later in the film, he's like all up on Claude Rains, which you're like so surprised by, but it's the power of Rathbone, you know, he does Sherlock Holmes later in life. Like he's just one of these guys that just has that uh, that magnetic
0: personality. It was almost like good cop, bad cop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. So we go into a, – there's a montage of the Normans going off after the Saxons to raise taxes, which is fairly br- brutal. Yeah. And then we get the arrival of Robin Hood and Will Scarlet. Uh, and I just found out that David Niven was supposed
3: to play Will Scarlet. Oh, wow. Now, that, he, he'd have been a good job. He'd he mm-hmm. have done great. a good job. And they were all close. They were all members of the same club. They call, I think they were called the Olympiads. They, they all hung out at, at – um, was called mulholland house which was mm-hmm. errol's house oh, wow. and they it was like a it was it was david niven it was errol flynn it was john barrymore uh wc fields all these wow. they were all, all drinkers can you imagine being at that party oh hanging out. man I, I dream about it yeah. i dream i'm wrong i'm born in the wrong time definitely <laughs> i really i i see myself with those guys but but yeah but i can see niven playing uh, will scarlet yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not
0: that there's anything wrong with the guy that no, the played guy him. was great, he's uh-huh. great, he was
3: everybody's great, no, yeah. no bad actors in that movie, no.
0: yeah. Uh, we see that this character, Much, who's from the old ballads of Robin Hood, has, has poached a deer, and Robin shoots that arrow out of Guy's hand and just is right up on him, right? I, yeah, this is the thing about Robin Hood throughout this movie, it's like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what's your plan here? Yeah, this is before Kevlar, you know,
3: he's <laughs> taking a chance.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, he, he, he confronts Basil. He he and he and finally he says, "Oh, he shot him. He shot the deer for me. He's my servant," right, right. and saves the guy's life. But but this, and he
3: does it with a smile on his face. too yeah, that's what I love throughout about. Throughout the whole, Flynn always just yeah. like ha ha ha, showing all those those million
2: dollar teeth and it's like unbelievable. But this is what works if you look at the history of Robin because he's the son of a lord. He he right. feels that like the, the people are his crew, but right. he is a rich, so he he's legitimately white privilege back in nineteen thirty eight, storming into areas completely unafraid, not having an issue with it, and I. I love that because you go along with him because you're right his looks and his teeth and everything about it you're just like i would follow this guy everywhere so when much says to him you know i'll uh, i just i, I mean, pledge yeah. my sword to you i'll follow you it was like it.
3: sinatra yeah
2: yeah right well there's
0: you know there's some people that are just yeah. like this that yeah. have this kind of confidence yeah maybe a little overconfidence for robin a few times yeah, yeah. um we go back to King John, they're having a big feast. Uh there's we're getting some guys swearing loyalty and everyone's and we get the sense that we're not such a big fan of Richard. You know? All right. Yeah. Um and we meet uh, Maid Marion for the first time. Oh. Olivia De Havilland. Oh yeah. Did you get to meet her?
3: No, I I, I uh, never got to meet Olivia de Havilland. Did she uh, recently pass, or last year? Sure. Oh, last year at
0: 101 wow, years old. Yeah. That's amazing. What's
3: funny, my mom passed this year at 101 what? years old. Oh, oh wow. wow! So there's 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 that connection. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she was just what was great about her too is that she wasn't. She's this beautiful woman, but yet not in a classic sense. No, I mean, she's she has own... that kind of vulnerability. She was not like a. This va va voom yeah, kind right. of like a you know Rita Hayworth type, yeah. you know, and she was so she was perfect as Maid Marion. She's yeah. she's amazing and had a long
0: uh, multiple movies with Errol Flynn. Right, that became she was in Captain Blood with him, and mm-hmm. that became just a, a, a thing going on. Um, guy tells Sir John about Robin, and we're like, okay, we've got to arrest this guy and bring him in. Um, there's also, you know, it seems as if King John is sort of pushing Maid Marian onto Guy, mm-hmm. She doesn't seem that into it.
3: Yeah, no, Guy, I think he was
0: asexual. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I get the feeling, you know. But um,
3: also,
2: we see her be like violently against the Saxons, like right? She's, absolutely. Like she's, I'm a Norman, that Saxon swine. Like she, you, you, that's something. That's something you don't see a lot of the Maid Marian's that they do in the modern interpretation, certainly not in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Right? No, you're right. This is a, they, a harder they were Marian. smart than enough. We've seen.
3: I mean, I think well, you know, you think about it. This yeah. is a time when you know you. Guy, like Scott Fitzgerald, and guys like that were writing scripts back then. Yeah, you know what I mean? We right. had guys that were actually bringing a little more to these screenplays than than Meet the Eye. Yeah. You know, a little yeah. more layered. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And now we get
0: another great <laughs> Robin Hood entrance. entrance right? This is my favorite. Yeah. This Of his three big entrances, uh, this is my favorite. Open the door. Barreling through that door with the big deer on his shoulders. Oh my God! It just
3: flips it off his shoulders,
0: and it was like, yeah, unbelievable. With with that great, great score, it's Eric Korngold. Right. I mean,
3: it just—it's
0: so. This is a hero has walked in, and he has once again walked into a situation where you're like, "How are you going to get out of this, Robin?" Oh yeah. What's your plan here? Yeah,
3: he'll find a way. He always does.
4: Brings her up in food. At once, do you hear? Such impudence must support a mighty appetite. True enough, Your Highness. We Saxons have little to fatten on by the time your tax gatherers are through. So you think you're overtaxed, eh? Overtaxed, overworked, and paid off with a knife, a club, or a rope. Why, you speak treason. Fluently. <laughs>
0: yes. oh yeah come on oh
3: yeah oh yeah um, that's what I mean that's what That's what. also the other thing about the movie that I love is the times where it gets where they push the envelope of corny yeah. where they push the envelope of being like over the top it's like this, when the scene comes later when, he, when the the, the, the um, you know, they come up with this bright idea. Yes, of course he's gonna enter the you know, the, the, the archery contest. Right, right. So but for him to actually he'll he, he gives that look like when he re, you know, realizes that they're <laughs> right. on to him. It's like, Oh please, of course you know. <laughs> they're on to you you know what I mean? Those but those moments are priceless. It's almost mm-hmm. like Almost melodramatic. Mm-hmm. But it's you, it it helps though. It's we're not you know, we're not well, the, doing sixties so. realism here. This right, is right. thirties, man. Going here. This is all balls out, let's do it. Well,
0: this is it's like it's like a superhero movie today. It's yeah. like this is we're not right. we're not trying to have realism. Exactly. This yeah. is a this is a hero. This is a swashbuckler. Mm. And and just so you say, similar moment here. He's sitting eating his dinner. Right. And he looks out and sees, oh, they're closing that gate and the guards right. are moving around here. Right. He knows it's coming. Yeah, right. And yet he still keeps talking. Yeah. And you even he essentially says right to the king's face,
4: I'll organize revolt, exact a death for a death. And I'll never rest until every Saxon in this shire can stand up free men and strike a blow for Richard in England. Have you finished? I'm only just beginning. From this night on, I use every means in my power to fight you.
2: Yeah. And, and this scene is really effective at laying the relationship that he's going to have with Guy with Prince John and with Maid Marian because sna- Maid Marian kind of snaps at him and he snaps back mm-hmm. and uh, Prince John brings, points that out and goes oh listen Guy can't say a word to her but this guy comes in and swaggers and then he kicks the Lord out and sits down and starts eating heartily and you see this relationship that he's developing with everything that's going to carry through the whole movie and it's established right there without needing to say exposition it's right. just all in exactly interaction right. and yep. that's the brilliant
0: way to do it yeah that's
3: right uh, and, yeah, and I give Curtiz a lot of credit for that I yeah yeah Absolutely. yeah and
0: curtis did it my understanding is that uh michael wheelie wheeler wait what's his name michael wheeler sure let's say Wheeler. Um, i'm sure you get edit in post okay <laughs> okay <laughs> so we'll fix <laughs> it in post um that he shot all the exteriors which are shot like sherwood forest is all up shot in chico like 400 miles north of los angeles it's oh, wow. bizarre that they went all the way up to chico yeah I
3: th- i'd heard too that they actually shot they did some pickup shots in Griffith park oh, they did and I they did also that.
0: out in pasadena at what used to be bush gardens which is not there anymore but that's where they shot the uh some of the exteriors are gone with the wind and other stuff there mm-hmm. but the majority of sherwood forest is in chico and so that was the first director but by the time we get onto the interior shots and the set stuff now we got michael curtis yeah and you can tell by the camera angles and the use of shadows and the lighting is just what we get to kind of a new level here yeah so the trap is ready And Robin Hood is going to fight his way out of the castle against unbelievable odds. Of course he is. And it's funny. I love the way Errol Flynn fights. It is just aggressive and just charging at people and fearless.
3: Yeah. And uses the environment, you know, jumping on drapes and things and... Up the
0: stairs, down the wall. And then he does the great run to the gate and says, you got to stop him. you got to, you know, something's coming. And he runs outside as they close the gate. That's great. Yeah. That's great. He gets back to Sherwood Forest and does the, okay, pass the word for everyone who's ever been trotted on. Let's let's get the guys together. We're going to have a revolt. Right. Back in Sherwood Forest, Robin Hood wants to walk across this log. Yep. There's this other guy on the other side of the log. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Little John, Alan Hale, Sr. Right. Mm Who, who
2: looks
3: like the Skipper? Who look, Yes, yeah, you exactly. oh, You'll definitely see the Skipper. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic.
0: Yeah. And, of course, I knew the Skipper a lot better than I knew Alan well, Hill, sure, sure. From, from when I grew up.
3: Yeah. Here's, skipper used to had a restaurant in La Cienega. The oh, really? The, oh, yeah. Oh, when wow. I first moved out here, there was this – I can't think of the, the name of it. It was a seafood restaurant. Of course. It was right on La Cienega. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was right off La Cienega Melrose. And uh, I think we might have been – I think it was called McHale. No, I forget the name of it. But he's, he, he, he's there. he was be oh, yeah. oh, there. He'd be wow. standing up front sometimes, you know. <laughs> oh, my God, it's, you know. Yeah, wow, that's crazy.
2: If we you kids listening, we're talking about Gilligan's Island. And Skipper <laughs> right. was Alan Hale Jr., who right. is, is the son of Alan
0: Hale, who plays Little John in the movie. Yeah? Here's, again, things that I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. So there have been a bunch of Robin Hood movies in Hollywood previous to this, and the biggest, most important one is Douglas Fairbanks. Right. Uh, and the person who played Little John in the Douglas Fairbanks movie Is Alan Hill Sr. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he played Little John later in the 50s in some other Robin Hood movie. So he played, as the only person I know in history, he made a career out of playing Little John. (laughs) He played Little John. And he's on this log. <laughs> I can do and, it better. And... I can do it better. Give me another chance. Just... I can do it better. <laughs> and, and, and Robin comes up on the log. We get some quarterstaffs, and we have a quarterstaff yeah. battle. It's just scary. That battle is way
2: quicker than I remember it, and it looks like Errol is like barely hanging on. It like, really does. And not getting his hands crushed. Yeah, he yeah. talks
3: a lot about. all the Another time in the book, where he talks about when he was doing charge of the light brigade. Where literally, oh, yeah. you know, these guys are really, you know, back. Those were the days when they were tripping horses and stuff. Right. And and he said he witnessed the thing where. Where they tripped the horse, and the stunt dr- rider—they th- were trained to do this. They yeah. would throw the saber so that you, so that you get get rid of it. Right. And he says it was this freak thing where he throws the saber. He the tri- horse gets tripped. The stunt guy flies off the horse, and the saber lands on its hilt. Oh wow! With the blade up, and this guy oh. impales himself. Oh, oh my god! And was killed. Wow. This is the kind of stuff that was going on in wow. high So, I mean, this is a little departure from Robin Hood, but it shows you the <laughs> kinds of things. You know, so whacking a stick on a log was nothing, you know. I mean, it was like.
0: Well, but it, it does. I mean, in Robin Hood, if you look at some of the stunts, you know, some of these guys jumping out of a high tree on oh, oh, yeah. no, a guy with a right. horse. Yeah. So, you think about the way a stunt is done today where they've got computers out and math, and they're like, okay, right. this is going to move at 17 mm-hmm. miles an hour at this thing. And this is like, I'm just going to jump on yeah. that dude's yeah. horse. Right. Yeah.
3: Get that guy. Like you, you, the gymnast, get him.
2: Jump him. <laughs> We're going to hope for the best. Or later falling down those concrete stairs like that's right. no that's no you and, and you yeah. can
3: see that flynn did, did a lot of the yes things. Oh, yeah. i yeah. mean there was no yeah. cheating there you saw that he was in the water he was whacking yeah. that guy I absolutely mean, and, and it's funny so this fight scene to me is so
0: sets up what robin hood is about mm. which is we're having fun right mm-hmm. there's no sense that these guys want to hurt each other no this is this is manly manly fun right. you know <laughs> um and uh little john wins knocks robin into the water and immediately it's like oh you're robin hood you've I to bested join me yes. <laughs> i love you for it that's
2: great stuff yeah that's great stuff and he pulls uh, out those yellow tights really well yeah right. those are not easy to do oh no no,
0: no. <laughs> Yeah, that, we, maybe we should take a moment to honor the tights. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the tights are right. made.
3: Right. Hey, look, Mel Brooks wound up making a whole homage <laughs> to true, it, right? That's true. Yeah, Robin those, Hood, is, right. those are some tights.
0: serious green tights. <laughs>
3: yeah, I mean, but but again, he's, he, not everybody could pull that off. Right. <laughs> you know, he did. He's, yeah. he's got nice legs. He's got <laughs> nice legs, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Um,
0: we see much more of his legs than Olivia de Havilland's in the show. <laughs> exactly. That's the way um, it was back then. It, well, well, much is going out talking to the peasants, saying, hey, come on, meet Robin Hood. At the same time, we're having this proclamation we're going to go kill Robin Hood, which is a great juxtaposition. And now we have in Sherwood Forest, and Robin Hood gives his big speech. This is like, again, this is the classic hero stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
4: Now, this forest is wide. It can shelter and clothe and feed a band of good determined men. Good swordsmen, good archers, good fighters. Men, if you're willing to fight for our people, I want you. Are you with me? Then kneel and swear this oath you, the free men of this forest, swear to despoil the rich, only to give to the poor, to shelter the old and the helpless, to protect all women, rich or poor, Norman or Saxon, swear to fight for a free England, to protect her loyally until the return of our king and sovereign, Richard the Lionheart, and swear to fight to the death against our oppressors.
0: And this is where we hear this philosophy of we're going to take from the rich and give to the poor. Yeah, a, f- a very controversial philosophy throughout history. Yes. You know, um, and uh, they swear this oath. Uh, and now we start to see them rescuing people. Yeah. Uh, there's these people being, you know, the Saxons are being tortured. they where's Robin Hood. They're raising taxes and out of nowhere.
3: Thump. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of that going on.
0: Yeah. And uh, it's funny. So this is a new way of shooting people with arrows. Mm. Uh, there's a guy whose name is, uh, Howard Hill, he's the he a world class archer. He's the archer guy archery guy on this movie. And previous the way they usually would do arrows, they stick an arrow in someone's chest and they'd have a string attached to it, they'd pull it out and they'd show it in reverse. Mm. And that's the simplest, easy way to do it. These guys are really getting shot with arrows.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah,
0: is that they ha- they're wearing like kind of a padded
3: shirt? Yeah. You know. Sometimes you even can see it. You can yeah. see the pad. Yeah. Like oh a couple yeah. Of instances. And then it's yeah. balsa
0: wood, and then it's a steel plate, and then it's a pad. Yeah. Um, so, but that's just uh, uh, wow. that's just Howard Hill shooting yeah. a dude with an arrow. I love it. <laughs> that's, that's the
2: way to do it. That's that's also one of the things that's incredible about the movie is that he is killing people. Like Robin is absolutely oh, killing yeah. people with his oh, arrow yeah. and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. But it's yeah. played with such fun that you never oh, yeah. feel the deaths of these people yeah. at all. No. I mean, Even when they show them with their sword, with their shields on top of them and they're honoring them in that scene later, you don't you don't necessarily feel the deaths no. because he's such a swashbuckling
0: guy. You don't no. you know feel the pain of it. Well, this is the difference in style of movie. Yeah, is yeah. like is that you know we we just did Iron Man a little while ago yeah. he kills a whole bunch of people yes he does well, or
3: even go back to Indiana Jones the, yeah. the, the, the oh, yeah. one scene everybody remembers is when he when he when, he, when the guy's coming at him with a sword and he just pulls the gun and shoots him. right and right it's like that's like the classic scene but yeah. you don't realize but the guy's dying yeah. <laughs> we well, kill him but, but yet it's, it, it was reminiscent of, of those kind of Robinhood. yeah movies. but this because is
0: eventually. the thing that's interesting about movies is there's some movies where you're gonna feel that death and there's mm. some movies where you're not right you know and that's the design is that and, and for whatever reason we as an audience member get it we go like, oh, this one, that's fine. Yeah. And then there's other movies. Uh, we just did The Dirty Dozen, yeah, okay. and in The Dirty Dozen, in the end, you do feel all those deaths. Sometimes
3: yes. the common denominator, or, or, or what sets it apart, is, is actually blood. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if if it's a bloodless killing, you kind of buy it. It's like the old movies where you are just like, oh, you know, you fall over, right. oh, you can do all the contortions you want, but look, as long as you don't see a trickle of anything, yeah. then right. it's like, oh, then the kid's like, oh, he's really is dead.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's also it's also sort of the reaction shots and the right. and music and how we're exactly you know are we moving on right away? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're dead, hey, and yeah, here comes yeah, another yeah, one. As Here's the music to- going, and it's all good. Thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force. We're very, very excited to have you sponsoring this episode. And now we get to meet our, our next big character.
3: Uh, there's this friar who's... Uh, uh, who's friar let's do a little fishing. Give me back my mutton joint.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Robert Thief, give me back my mutton joint. Oh,
3: I still remember that line.
0: <laughs> Eugene Eugene Paulette. Right, huh? Uh and we t- we saw him in because we did Mr. Smith Goes yeah. to Washington, and he his voice is just one of the great
3: voices of all oh, time. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. My fat Tony on the Simpsons is uh, there's a little of Gene in there. I, oh, mean, they... little, I mean, a little bit of that. You know, I I, I get it more down in here. You know, but <laughs> but but it's the guys like that. I,
0: well, this okay. is, you know, coming from that era when there's radio, I think voice yeah, yeah. casting oh, yeah. was a bigger thing Without than it is question. now. Yeah, no. that you'd have these voices, which is interesting because Eugene Paulette started in silent films. He's in D.W. Griffin's Intolerance. Really? Wow. And he played Aramis with Douglas Fairbanks in The Three Musketeers. No kidding. As wow. a young guy, he's like a sword fighting wow. hero. Yeah. I
3: can see it. Yeah. Because he actually handled the sword pretty well in the really scene well, with right? Daryl. Really Really well. <laughs>
0: Uh, And the fight is very similar tonally to the Little John fight. Mm -hmm. We're having fun. We're not trying to kill each other. No, of course not. No, we're having a good time. Um, And uh, Will arrives to tell us that, okay, Guy of Gisborne is coming. He's got the tax money. He's got Lady Marion with him. And we're going to set up a big ambush. I love this ambush.
3: Mm. It is great. Oh, it's just fantastic. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's this is complicated. We got yeah. a lot of dudes on a lot of vines, <laughs> and ropes, and yeah, people in
3: trees, carriages, and yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, one other just great piece of trivia that I found out. So Olivia de Havilland's horse—that's Trigger. Oh, really? That's the horse that oh, became Trigger. How great wow. is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just—that's just amazing to <laughs> that's me. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so this ambush happens, and they're swinging in on these ropes and dropping out of trees. And you know what the thing that it made me think of was? Ewoks, oh, from Jedi, it's totally the Ewok attack in wow. Jedi, and I really wonder if George Lucas. I'm sure George Lucas, George Lucas I would had a love so, this movie. I would think he's inspired. You have to be. And just yeah. same
3: thing, like I said, with again, look going back to like movies like Indiana Jones. And stuff. Yeah, they had to be inspired. By, this by these kinds of movies. Yeah, had to be. That's where you get it from. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. and we have a, yet our third great, Errol Flynn Robin Hood entrance, <laughs> swinging up on that vine. <laughs>
3: Show it, my lady. Oh, yeah, that was it. That's the poster, almost. That's yeah, the one. It's the know. best.
0: Yeah. It's the best. Man, this guy's just fearless. Right. He's completely fearless. Either we head off to go to camp. Marion does not like him.
3: No. She's not well, a she's fan but p- p- playing very hard to get at that point
0: <laughs> 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 extremely yeah. um, but uh, as opposed to Much and Bess Marion's Lady of winning so they right. hit it off right away two yeah.
3: again two great two Shakespearean characters mm-hmm. I mean it's like The Nurse and the Romeo and Juliet I mean you got right. these two great characters with, uh, with, with those two yeah. little comic relief you know and he's like yeah. what he isn't
2: he like a like in Macbeth? there's that guard of the how or the yeah, the, play, gate, the gatekeeper. gatekeeper the gatekeeper yeah. it's kind of like that you use yeah. yeah. this great point you bring up joe yeah. yeah
0: um uh we get back to to camp we're sharing out the goods we're having yeah. a big party robin's talking to marion she's having none of it right <laughs> she won't eat she's just like you're an evil person right
4: Loyalty. Yes, why not? I suppose you and your band of cutthroats intend to send this treasure to Richard? You wouldn't dream of keeping it yourselves.
0: And I think the turn happens when she thinks they're stealing all the gold for themselves. Right. And the gold is supposed to go to Richard, which John really wasn't sending it to Richard. He was going to just keep it. Um, And Robin stands up and says, Friends,
4: what shall we do with this treasure? Divide it amongst ourselves? Hold it for Richard! It belongs to the
0: king!
3: that's where the turn starts you see the turn right. start with marion and then with then when he says here let me show you and then she goes she just want to go because yep. they're afraid yeah. then she goes and he show then he, that's when the movie gets serious and he takes yeah. and shows the the people that have been tortured and mm-hmm. stolen from and...
4: hardly an inspiring sight for such pretty eyes as yours i'm sure But these poor devils have all had their homes burned. Their families beaten and starved to death by your tax gatherers. Bless you, Robert. We'll never forget you. Oh, thanks, master. May we be worthy, Robert. You are, mother, You are.
3: And that's that's another great moment because he because he'll take you from all that frivolity and this and excitement and all of a sudden it gets somber and serious and it's like oh okay you know. yeah. well
0: and this is why it's so important as as you pointed out John the that Mary calls him a Saxon dog at the yeah, beginning yeah. she is bought into the paradigm of Normans and Saxons that she's been taught right. and this is the moment where she goes oh shit right yeah I, I was wrong. You know, and yeah. this
2: also speaks to Joe's earlier point that he can do dramatic scenes when he was given yeah. the chance. In this Absolutely. scene, when he's walking Marion through this, or Olivia De Havilland, you see Errol's uh, real like statesmanship and and
0: leadership
2: oh, of yeah. these people coming through. When the little their pain. woman is up
3: the boat, thank you, Rob. You yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. little old
0: lady. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. And there's this moment where she says, "Well, what's your reward?" And that's a great Earl yeah. Flynn acting moment because his response is, "Oh, you really, you really don't understand." Yeah, right. How have you not understood? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it, this is and and that's it. Marion has turned the corner because <laughs> right, he even says, then, I think I do." Yeah. He finally yeah. does get it. Uh, so we released them all. Mm-hmm. Um, got, uh, Guy and the sheriff. We haven't talked about the sheriff of Nottingham. We have to talk about him. a little Oh, he's bit. so great. Yeah. great! Great, great co- comic relief. Um, and very different from what you would expect. <laughs> yeah. and, and constantly, like, going, as soon as there's action, he's, like, fading into the <laughs> yeah. background. Yeah. It's, like, it's yeah. like that Simpsons where Homer's fading into the bushes. <laughs> into the bushes. That's basically <laughs> what he's doing, right? Yeah, it's great. I'll, I'll be, might, I'll be I'll over be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: My favorite is when he puts his cape over uh, <laughs> over Prince John's. Like, if only I could reach
0: Robin. And he's like, he's
2: totally like two feet away. Yeah, <laughs> it's brilliant.
0: It's great. It's great. Uh, so they're back with King John, and and they've been dressed in sort of rags and stuff, and yeah. complaining about Robin. And it's the Sheriff of Nottingham that comes up with the plan. Right. We're going to have an archery contest. Right. Yep. And he even kind of is noticing that. uh, oh, I think there's a little thing with Marion. That's right. gonna so we'll have her right. present the golden arrow. The golden arrow, right? Yeah. <laughs> and this is, of course, uh, one of the. Classic stories out of the out of the ballads of Robin Hood, um, and uh, we're gonna have our big archery contest. And as we're sitting there, and we have big fanfare, lots huge crowds. This is also shot by Michael Curtiz. Um, you can see Marion start to realize, "Oh shit, this is a trap." Yeah. Yeah. And income, Robin.
3: it's really not much of a disguise. No, I was just gonna say, they all come in. He's, the, he's the only good-looking guy in the group. He, even his hood is, looks nice, you know. Yeah. And they all come walking in as a group, and it's like, yeah, it was like a posse coming in. It was like, well, it, all, all you did was not wear green. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like yeah, basically, exactly. he yeah. doesn't have a fake beard. There's no right. nothing. No, no, no.
0: Yeah. That's what I mean.
3: He's giving us those, those furtive glances. Of, <laughs> like, I wonder if they're on to me, you know. Um, yeah. He's a good looking tinker. That's for right. sure. He sure is. He sure is. That's the tinker, right? <laughs> uh, we have our archery
0: contest. Of course, we come down to the final two archers and we get the moment, which is, I'd say, one of the top classic Robin yeah. Hood moments. To split the arrow. He yeah. split the arrow. Yeah. It's great. And I remember watching a whole Mythbusters where they said, is it possible to split an arrow? And I honestly, at this moment, cannot remember if they were able to do it.
3: <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to do it. We, 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 my, my my assistant, Dan, has the show Hollywood Weapons that he <laughs> produced. where we, This is exactly what we do. We, we yeah. take things like that and see, the, Dan, make a note. We got to do Robin Hood. <laughs> we have to split the arrow. Because uh, we found out like you could... The, you know, the, the, the Clint Eastwood movie where the guy gets hung and he shoots the gun. And oh, yeah. it. We, we did it on the la- last season's episode, one of the episodes, and it can be done. It was wow. done. Wow. The only thing is the bullet, was, the guy was our, at the start of the show was a sniper, it was a, a, Davey, or a Green Beret sniper. So he's so good that the bullet went through, through the rope, the rope. Oh. and the rope still held because it made a perfect. Did you have to get a higher caliber weapon? We or used or the you... exact caliber they used in the movie. It was oh, like a sharps course. rifle oh. and we had to duplicate it exactly. So, but what it showed is it is possible so so splitting the arrow of course is possible You just got to hit the arrow yeah but God, you know you shoot enough time to do it under <laughs> one shot that's, that's where you're going taking a little theatrical license yeah, it's, well it's Robin Hood it's Robin Hood yeah, right. the tinker
0: <laughs> the tinker <laughs> do these things
3: um, by the way that's his hubris isn't it like Robin's like
2: oh sure I'm going to go get this golden arrow and he knows it's a trap that's why oh, exactly. he's disguised. that's why well, it, well, yeah. oh, this is what
3: I'm saying but about him he hubris. does not have a good no, plan oh, not, no 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 he keeps walking he doesn't think it out too well no no
0: well, and he's put, I mean, like if we were to take this realistically for a moment, which we
3: shouldn't, right, right, right.
0: he's putting all of his men in danger.
3: I can see Will Scarlet going, oh, God. Okay. All, oh right. Jesus. <laughs> all right. Come on, Robin. Okay. Is that what we're going to do? Okay. Yeah, you remember we actually have a rebellion we'll play here? The mandolin getting- in the back. You know, <laughs> hope for the best.
0: So, of course, he wins the contest. He goes up, Mary presents him with the arrow. And everybody knows this is Robin Hood. There's oh, no, course, no, there's no like, oh, I fooled him. Yeah. And again, we have the guards are closing in. Very similar to that scene at the feast. In, Robin's kind of looking around, and the merry men are looking around. And a guy comes up and slaps his face, and I love that the sheriff goes, "Oh, that looks like a good idea," and gets kicked right in the chest. Yeah, <laughs> right. bang! Um, and then Robin tries to escape. He he makes a good attempt. Mm. Yeah, because of the college tribe. <laughs> I'm going to say that King John's guards are not that good. <laughs> they not need right. some more right, some more training. Good, but they still they drag him off a horse and they got him, and that's and Robin Hood's been captured. Yeah, he goes on trial. Right, that's it. We're going to have to execute you. Uh, and this is where Marion becomes a hero, yeah, yeah. Uh, she finds out from Bess where the merry men hang out. By the way, I have a problem with Marion and the merry men. I keep like my just my mouth <laughs> doesn't handle it very well. Uh, and she goes off to the to this inn and you know with it says you've got to help Robin Hood, of course, they don't trust her at first. Friar Tuck talks to her.
4: You're a good daughter of the church. You swear by our lady that you want to help Robin. I swear, good father. Have you thought of a way? Yes. Can you get us into the castle? That would do no good. He's too heavily guarded. But I thought of another way. Listen to me.
3: Marion, unlike Robin Hood, has a plan. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Well, it's you know, brains and brawn. Where apparently. Apparent good they got the, their kid would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we have a movie here. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> the Son of Robin Hood. Yes. Right?
0: So uh, it's the Day of the Hanging. Uh, Robin is getting brought out and this is, and again, this is Michael Cortese. One of the things that you really see with him is these, uh, interesting can- camera angles, low angles, uh, Dutch angles, things with the objects in the foreground. And you really see it in this sequence. Robin's looking around and he sees the merry man. And he goes, okay, we're going to, we're going to be all right. Yeah. And there's some great stunts in this sequence, yeah. in this action sequence. I love, and it's a stunt man, but, uh, Robin Hood with his hands tied behind yeah. his back, jumping on that horse. Mm-hmm. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. And and the great one is him. They're at the Port Colos, the big, huge gate. And Robin cuts the rope on the gate. And not only does he get pulled up by the rope, but he's actually climbing the rope doing oh, it. Oh,
3: yeah. That that's, is great. Yeah. And I think it, it's going down. He's going up. It's, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And that's also Stuntman. And that is
0: a reference, if you watch, which I have never seen, but I've seen clips of it, the original Fairbanks one. He does mm. a very similar stunt. Yeah. yeah. So they're referencing that. Um, well, and what's great about the stunts in the film
2: is that they do the right mix of choreography and what looks like impromptu, right? And it right, that right. Comment, It's clean but messy at the same time, like it would be normally if you were to see it in real life. So right. as fantastical as the film is, it still brings an element of realism in certain moments. And certainly in the stunt moments, it does. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, that's this thing i mean when you jump drop out of a tree yeah. onto a dude on a horse yeah there's no way to control what's gonna happen right yeah. you know you don't and, and and i feel bad for the horse yeah because the horse <laughs> the, 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 the horse is just standing there the, the dude knew bag. that this someone was, was coming this
3: before the, before you know every animal was harmed in this <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> um And naturally, since Robin has just barely escaped from his previous bad plan, what does he do? He goes back to the castle, climbs up the wall of the castle to talk to Marianne. Well, sure. (laughs) This this scene is great. It's a a lovely scene. It's a very romantic scene.
3: It's the Romeo
0: and Juliet scene. Yeah, absolutely. And she's denying being in love with him. He goes, okay, well, I'll just have to jump out the window then. No, no. (laughs) Yeah.
4: Now let me see. There's a fat old captain of the guard down there with bow legs. Hmm. If I drop on him, that'll bend him out worse. Ah, oh, there's an archer. No, he's too thin. I might miss him altogether. Robin. The very thing. Five men at arms talking in a group. They'll break the fall beautifully. Goodbye, my lady. Robin. Yes? Please. Then you do love me, don't you? Don't you? You know
1: I do.
3: Well,
4: that's
1: different.
3: It's great. And you do love me, then. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Do you remember? Do you remember having a crush on Olive when you saw it the first? Like, was that is something that you remember developing, or was it she just one of those like she, you couldn't even have a crush on her because she's so regal, so just incredibly I think beautiful? It was
3: more that, yeah, she was too much. She was too good for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm this young guy from Cicero with no <laughs> chance <laughs> of, you know, no, I would, I, I worship that from afar, yeah. you know,
0: all right. Um, uh, the music again in this scene is great. Uh, and the composer's Eric Korngold. And I have to tell some, a story that I read about him. There's actually two stories like this that have to do with this film.
3: And he did, he did the Captain Blood too. He did Captain oh, wow. Blood too. Yeah.
0: And he was an Austrian, um, you know, prodigy composer, wrote operas, very famous, and in they fly him from Austria to the United States and say, we want you to do Robin Hood. He watches the movie, he says, I can't do this. This is, this is all action, it's not what I do, I can't, it would be terrible, I would hate myself, I can't do it. <laughs> and he goes back to his hotel or whatever, and the head of music for Warner Brothers goes to the hotel to try to convince him, please, no, you have to do this. The same hour this guy shows up is when he, Hitler and the Nazis take over Austria. Wow. And suddenly his son and his wife, I think, and some of his family who are Jewish are trapped in Austria.
3: Oh, and what a lucky break. I know. <laughs> and and Warner Brothers gets him out. Wow. Oh and he oh, does, wow. and he he does Robin Hood. Oh great. Yeah. Meant to be. Yeah. Wow. And, 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 I mean, it's not, brilliant. I mean, I have the soundtrack just for that. Yeah, the score is amazing. It's just amazing.
0: And what's really crazy is, so Michael Curtiz uh, grew up in Austria-Hungary when there was Austria-Hungary, was in the First World War as a filmmaker. He made 64 films in Europe before coming to the U.S. Oh, I didn't know that. Came to the U.S. and made 101 films in the U.S. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, many of whom which have been lost. When he first got here in the 20s and uh, in, in the silent era, he just never said no. So he made six films a year. Oh.
3: Oh. yeah back while. then they did the actors yeah. did well, they too, did it. you know
0: and again it's, it's he's also jewish and when world war ii starts warner brothers get some of his family out
3: wow yeah
0: oh, wow yeah so that's you know whatever you say about the studio system
3: <laughs> and whatever might be said about jack warner oh no well that's true Well, the thing is Flynn talked about he said he, it's funny i'm a member of, of lakeside country club here mm-hmm. and, and back then it was uh it was restricted yeah you know and Flynn talks about it in the book he says he says warner there, there was there's an animosity between warner and 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 errol mainly partly for the fact sure. that errol was a member of that country club because it's right. right across the street from warner brothers right and, right. and when i and one of the, one of the things I, I i pride of being a member there is there's the f- photos of all the members up right, in the yeah. bar in the men's bar and harold flynn's up there yeah you know and I've, I've already kind of hinted that i would kind of like mine to put <laughs> <next> <laughs> to his, if possible we can kind of move there. that guy's been dead a long time the guy next to him let's put me in up in there but uh but the thing is but what was funny is harold at the time didn't even you know that, he didn't care he didn't know he didn't know it was no. restricted i no, mean yeah. it was like he can give a shit about uh, Well, how uh, would you know i yeah, mean yeah, unless you you know my family would know yeah but how would harold flynn yeah no right, he right, wouldn't right, but, uh, but you're but you're right the the, uh, the, the moguls is as much as you heard of the bad aspect of them, there was that great uh, I mean mm-hmm. uh, they, to me they made Hollywood they were there were a no big question big about, part it. about mm-hmm. it. yeah absolutely um, so
0: we end up at this inn and we see these characters talking and we don't know who these people are they're right. sort of wearing cloaks right. and they're having some conversation and they kind of are finding out about the issues between normans and saxons and they've been hearing this name of Robin Hood and who walks in but the bishop who's some we haven't talked about right. but another one of the king john supporters right and he starts complaining about Robin Hood and then we over- the bishop overhears them saying the word sire right mm. oh shit yeah <laughs> um who is this guy? Yeah. Because uh, we know that King Richard has been gone and we right. know that he was captured by Austria and uh, yeah, who is yeah. this guy? Yeah, um, And so the bishop goes back to King John and says, King Richard is in town. And and it's, I, I keep saying King John, it's Prince John. Yeah, Prince John. Prince, um, because Prince John would like to be King John. Yeah, he mm-hmm. wants to move up. <laughs> yeah.
3: he wants to get up the food chain as quickly as possible. Yeah.
0: And uh, so he uh, says, well, let's... Let's get rid of Richard. He doesn't have an army with him. Right. Let's let's kill him. And there's this knight who looks very dastardly. Yes. I think Dickon. I think his name is Dickon. Dickon. And well, he'll do it. And if he does it, well, he can have Robin of Locksley's lands and titles. Right. Right.
2: And they well, throw in this motivation aspect because the, uh, King Richard had taken his lands and Dickons all this all his stuff because oh, that's right. he, he was he was uh, disgraceful in his service as a, as a knight. Right. So he took it away from him. So this was his way of like reestablishing himself. But right. you, it's nothing like there's nothing like creating an assassin that has a extra motivation. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I create this. all my assassins. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
3: And I love the fact that Dickon, he really is he looks like a formidable guy. Yeah, you know, he does. He's, 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 he, looks, he looks formidable. And what I love is that Robinson's munch or you know, the, yeah. the, the, the the littlest guy, the guy that's kind of like the, you know, right. rather than sending, it's like you know, it's not like battle the of little the titans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. sending this little guy over there who who's got to use his, you know, his wiliness. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like sending a, a featherweight boxer against the heavyweight. You know? But you got it, you know. And he, but, yeah, yeah. which is motivated. Oh, yeah, he yeah, is he motivated.
0: Is, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, who overhears this plan to kill? uh the king Marion right. in the background and they sort and they see that she might have overheard it right. she runs upstairs she talks to bess she writes a note mm-hmm. she's like okay we got to warn robin there the king is here blah 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 and then uh who knocks on the door but basil rathbone right, right. Yeah, she so. hides the note in this little case and basil walks in man he knows that notes in yeah that he case puts it right king. on the case he's, <laughs> he's
3: toying with her yeah
4: you're yeah, very charming lady marian but not exactly clever for instance, you couldn't possibly have failed to overhear what Prince John and I were talking about just now. No, oh, no, no, no. Please don't trouble to deny it. And your first thought as Richard's loyal ward was to warn him. Hmm? Am I not right? Why, how could I warn Richard? How did Loxley and his men arrange his escape from hanging after to the archery match? Someone here in the castle must have got word to him. That's ridiculous. And you do intend to warn him, don't you? Don't
0: you? No. And then opens up the case, and now you have committed treason. Right. right. Yeah. And they put Maid Marion on trial. Oh, yeah. What's interesting in that scene is that she thinks she's safe because she is a ward of the king. Right. right. And John's like, well. Not,
3: not for long. Not for long. <laughs> um,
0: Which
2: and- is weird because they say 48 hours. That kind of took me out of the l- l- movie a little bit because I wasn't sure how they were gauging time back during that time. You know, I'm sure they had. Have- Clocks or anything like that, so or watches rather. So when they said 48
0: hours, like that's such a random
2: 48 hours, okay, twice around the sun. <laughs> yeah, 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 that I would have accepted. <laughs> yes.
0: You're saying this movie might not be accurate. <laughs> no, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're
3: not c- too concerned with the time frame that's right true. now. That's true. Um, so uh, Bess,
0: uh, the lady in waiting, she runs off, she finds Much who's gonna warn Robin. Yeah. We hear about Dickon, and then we get to this moment you were talking about where and that I've been talking about too. Much jumps out of that tree, yeah. man, and he goes toe to toe with you. Don't Dickin. know
3: what, what's great is the. Again, Curtis was smart enough to like what happened yeah know, was he successful you know especially when we see much again who's yeah. lying in a heap on the yeah. ground
2: you don't know if he's alive or dead
0: no it, it's, yeah. it's 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 I think that's a brilliant choice mm-hmm. yeah, not, exactly yeah I, I totally agree um, we're back with Robin And who shows up but these monks in black robes, Mm -hmm. uh, which, of course, we know is Richard in disguise. And uh, the Merry Men appear and we are taking them. And there's this great sort of banter where it seems like Robin's trying to find out what side are you on? Mm -hmm. You know, and once he kind of hears that this he says, you know, do you love Richard?
4: Are you friendly to our good King Richard? I love no
0: man better. And then Robin's like, okay, you're one of the team. Come on and join us. Uh, at which point... And we're uh, only going to take half your stuff. We'll we're not going to take, take all yes, of it. We're exactly. going to take yeah. 30
3: instead of 60.
0: <laughs> well, this is I the problem that. with robbing <laughs> from the rich.
3: It's like, like Colonel Parker with Elvis. We're
0: going to get half. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad deal. Robin is going off with Richard and the Merry Men, and they're talking about King John. Right. And... Richard says, oh, so you blame King John? And Robin says, no, I blame Richard.
4: No, I blame Richard. This task was here at home, defending his own people instead of deserting him to fight in foreign lands. What? You condemn holy crusades? Aye, I condemn anything that leaves the task of holding England for Richard to outlaws like me.
3: Right.
0: Mm and it's such an important moment that is richard shouldn't have left he shouldn't have gone his place was here being king of this kingdom not yeah. going off to the crusades and i think that's key for the transfer richard thinking about himself mm-hmm. and thinking about his relationship you think about it
3: it's 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 one of the first kind of instances where we get a nice definition of the difference between church and state yeah, yeah. it's like you know what what's what's more important here yeah do you know what i mean Let, let's separate the two and one's this is that and this is that you know yeah. this is not the because he's basically saying well but this is for the Crusades this is for the church it's like right. yeah but you know well, yeah, absolutely. And what's the job of the charity king? starts at home? You know, yeah. mm-hmm. is is the king
0: is the, is the country exist to serve the king, or does the king exist to serve the country? Yeah. Right. You know, it's it's a profound moment, I think, for Richard, both in how he thinks about himself and also how he thinks about and very Robin apropos Hood.
3: today. I mean, yeah. obviously, I yeah, mean, absolutely. What a, you know drawing a direct connection, it's like wow, this is kind of a timely.
0: Mm. Well, you know, both in these, both in King Arthur and in Robin Hood, there's this idea of service to the greater good, right. of might for right, you know, of doing what is the correct thing even when it's hard. Yeah, and those are. I mean, those are values that we need to continue to talk about. Right? Yeah. Um, now we find Much, and he is—he's wounded, he's beaten up, but apparently he's won. Yeah. which right. is great. And we go back to um, uh, the Merry Men, and uh, and Will says, "Oh," and Much explains that the king is in town. Um, and so something else I found out that's interesting they shot a whole sequence that's not in the movie Mm. which is that they were the first they had an archery competition which they are shot all this archery competition between Richard's men and the Merry Men and then apparently Little John and King Richard have a fist fight like it's for fun a competition and then um, at the end of uh, Richard beats Little John and then Robin is like well try me and they're about to fight and that's the moment that Will Scarlet shows up and if you look at it because I looked at it again and you could see Rick, Robin and Richard kind of facing each other right when Will rises That's in. what the yet it is right yeah, yeah and they and they and they cut all that out wow. which I find really like I, I kind of want to see that <laughs> I'd love to see the old footage of that Yeah, yeah. I'd love to see it Um and uh, and so we hear that Richard is here and that he's going to their King John's going to Prince John's going to try to kill him and so Robin's like okay get the men you go here and you go here we're going to have this plan and Richard says that's okay he's R- Richard's going to be all right and I know where he is. And Robin goes, where is he? And the moment he says, he's here.
3: And takes off the club. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic.
4: You don't need to search for Richard, Robin. He's in good hands. The best in England. What do you mean? Where is he? Here.
0: I, I, I will say something about this moment, which is that, like I said, I hadn't seen the movie in a long time. And when it started, I kind of went... Is this going to be too cheesy for me? Like, it's really, yeah. you know, it's like it's really corny. Mm-hmm. And by this point,
3: I was in. I, I was oh, 100%. Yeah.
0: It had totally won I'm me choc- over. I'm
3: choking up thinking about that, it. Mm. I mean, they got the, they're, because they're wearing the stuff with the cross on the like, yeah. shirts. Yeah. And there's like, they're, they're that's the, the Crusaders, you know. And, right. and, and there's something about the true
0: king has arrived. Yeah. That's, we all want the true king to <laughs> yeah, arrive. Talk <right>, right. <laughs> um, about it. Yeah. I mean,. <laughs> Yeah, and I think about it again. We go back to King Arthur. King yeah. Arthur has that exact moment. Yeah. You pull for the sword from the stone, and this is the truth. Now the right. the person who's suppo- the just, kind, honest, brave, the real guy who's going to make everything better, he's here. right. right.
3: Man, that that's a, and that actor was great that played Richard. Yeah, because he, he kind of had that stature about yeah, him. Yep, he's like you know he he he, he reeked regalness. You know, right?
2: And he's only in the last quarter of the film, so you want to cast an actor that conveys that by yeah. sight, just immediately. Yeah, you know,
3: he just seemed like the guy, the head guy. Yeah, yeah.
2: And they all they all uh, take a knee to him, which I think right. is great. It's a great moment, shot from above, just brilliant
3: the way it, uh, he laid that out. Yeah.
0: Well, because and that's what's so interesting about the character of Robin Hood. He's only being a thief and a rebel. because Richard's not here. right? right? Exactly.
3: He can't wait to give it all up and just go back to the the crib. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Hang with Marion. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, and unfortunately that's what we find out is that Marion is about to be executed. We can't do a frontal assault on the castle. We don't have any uh, we don't have an army, and Robin being <laughs> the sneak—this is his only good plan right. in the whole movie. He goes, "Let's go get the bishop,"
3: and they—they're
0: they're right. all now all in their black robes, yeah. marching up with the bishop to the castle. Got a knife in the bishop's back, saying, "Smile."
3: Yeah, and here's your script. They tell him what to say. I love that. Uh,
0: we're getting Marion. There's a beautiful shot of Marion in the cell which is very painterly like that's a like a really lovely shot mm. john and sheriff and uh, guy they're all getting ready this is all going to go great in walks the the procession with the bishop and all of robin and his men and we're going to have the coronation and man the bishop really takes it to king john mm. yeah
4: by what authority do you john Lackland, prince of england claim to be crowned this day sovereign of the realm by right of blood succession according to the law of the realm is it of your own free will that you thus depose your brother,
0: Richard the Lionheart of England? And this is not what the script was supposed to be.
2: <laughs> and Prince John is mad. Well, like sure, he's yeah. like, offended that the bishop is going like, What are you asking me these questions for? And says, because I'm supposed to be king because I'm the brother. Blah, blah. So it's just like it's, it just it raises the stakes before you
0: even get oh, to the yeah. battle. So it's brilliant. Yeah. And they go, oh well, Richard's dead. And then again, this reveal.
4: Richard no longer exists. From this moment forward, I, John, am king of England.
1: Aren't you a little premature, brother? Richard,
0: the Lionheart! I kind of think that Robin should have shut the hell up in this scene. <laughs> like, Richard has revealed himself, and, and everyone went, oh my God, that's Richard. And Robin went, haha, it's me too. <laughs> and then they, and now we're instantly into that fight Yeah, well, the movie is called Robin Hood. <laughs> fair right. point. It's a fair, it's a fair point. <laughs> and, and immediately, uh, Basil, Guy of Guy Gisborne, rushes Robin, and we get the sword fight we've been waiting on. Yeah, whole great sword see. fight. One of yeah. the great sword fights. It is. It's so important in like the history of sword fights because they were really different before yeah. then. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the fight choreographer is is fred and he choreographed everything captain blood mark of zorro like mm-hmm. all this stuff and it's it's gorgeous they, they all the going up and down the stairs right. the levels the
3: kicking over the tables yeah
0: i mean this is it this is the cool sword fighting stuff yeah 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 it's really really well done and
2: it, didn't lose the comedic aspect of it because you have much with his like Hitting people in the head with this, right. so
0: that keeps you yep. not feeling too serious about exactly.
2: what's happening. So exactly, anyway. it's brilliant yeah. balance.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you're getting, and, and you're getting, little John. You're getting, you're yeah. getting everything that we wanted out of this action sequence. Absolutely. Um, and, and it's interesting too. This is there are moments in this where you can really see how good Basil is. Mm-hmm. There's like a Perry Riposte which is like, oh, that dude's fast. Oh yeah, I know he's <laughs> yeah. very
3: good. Yeah, Flynn <laughs> talked about that. He just yeah, he was real good. Yeah,
0: he had to lose a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, my favorite one, and I think we brought it up before in the Cinefiles is uh, which someday I do want to do is is Basil with Danny Kaye in the court jester. Oh, yeah. oh wow. I, yeah, I, I love right. that movie. And that, that sword is fight is really good
3: too. That is yeah, good. You know, yeah. That is good.
2: It, well, the guy who, who choreographed, he said he didn't want it to look like fencing anymore because that's what it had been before with Douglas Fairbanks and all well, right. those people. So he wanted to kind of create a new style that was more realistic. Yeah. And this was the way to do it in Basil Rathbone. No, like sure, you said, it's it's funny Williams because even when I was fencing.
3: in an acting school in the 60s, yeah. they still taught fencing in the acting school. Yes. like That was like a, they figured actors should know how to fence. I just thought, yeah. wow, well, even you know, Robin, have you used they got, it? They got hell no. <laughs> That's what I mean. We got pat you know, Robin got past that back in the '30s, and I said, what are we doing fencing for? But yeah. so I, I think it was more to just become aware of your body and just yeah, the, right. and kind of the formality of all that. I mean, I, I'm glad we we did it, but. It's. Uh, I it wasn't called upon to use it much, though.
2: No. I want to see that Criminal Minds where you fence. Yeah, <laughs> I going to
3: work that into an episode. <laughs> unsub. Yeah. Unsub. On guard. On <laughs> <En> guard. Unsub. <laughs> we could do this. Uh,
0: all right, I'm in. Yeah, we, I think I think we're p- going to put a request in for this, yeah. please. Um, and then, and I, and I was I was watching a couple times. The sword fight ends very abruptly. Mm-hmm. I
3: thought I was just going to say the same thing. Is the one thing about it is it, it's kind of like the climax of the sword fight is. Not the best it could have been mm-hmm. in terms of dramatic impact, but yet it, you know it's sufficient. It's good. It,
0: here, here's what I think it is. Because I was thinking about like, well, why did they do it that way? Is that there's a moment in the middle of the sword fight where Basil, where Guy loses his sword, and in the classic heroic thing, Robin gives him back his sword. Right. Which, by the way, when I have sword fights to the death with people, I'm not giving anyone back their no, sword. No, sorry. You're, you're done. Yeah, That's sorry, it. I won. Um, and then there's a moment. <laughs> Right near the end, where they're up against the wall, and guy reaches for his dagger right. and, and tries to stab Robin Hood. And what I think it is, and in the next second, Robin kills him in this really abrupt way, mm-hmm. and what I think it is is that guy violated the rules of honor by going to the dagger. Yeah. and robin was having fun he was having one of his fun sword fights like he always does right and now it's like oh no no game's over you're dead
3: yes exactly. that, that's yeah. the explanation i can't i don't know if that's true i like that yeah. explanation i'll buy that i think that's good to when i see it again i'll look at it with that in mind mm. yeah. Um, and the stunt is great when he because he goes right over the stunt.
0: side. That's a huge stunt. Yeah. yeah, going right over the side. That and stunt right guy down. broke something. I forget. There oh, are I'm a lot sure of guys he did. breaking things. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a big one. It's just carpet down there. They. I look like they. Have, it bounced a little bit. They had yes, a little was, padding on it's it. It's still a big still, fall. Oh, yeah. Still, they didn't have like good high fall stuff. No, no, no airbags. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, Robin rescues Marian's, and then we have this great shot of swords being laid down on the shields, on oh, this beautiful yeah. crane shot. That's you know. As symbolic, a war is over shot as you can get. Mm. Oh, yeah. Richard's the king. He banishes John. And then he also, after banishing John, he has this line where he says, I further banished from my realm all injustices and oppression. Of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is a good king. Yeah. Um, uh, Robin but... swears allegiance, and he gets a pardon for his merry men. and Richard's like, isn't there anything else you might want?
3: <laughs> hint, <laughs> hint. Right. And then he gets married. I yeah. know. And then that last line, I love when, he, when, he's, when they're all in the huddle and he sneaks out. May I, may I obey you all your edits with such, you know, whatever. <laughs> with equal pleasure. Yes. With equal pleasure.
4: May I obey all your commands with equal pleasure, sire.
3: It's a perfect movie. Yeah. It really is a perfect movie. There's no one part of the movie that I would say, oh, they should change this or this is not this it it sits down here or something. No. It no, never absolutely. sits down. Right. Uh, so, John, what are your final thoughts?
2: Yeah, I, I absolutely love revisiting this film uh, for this podcast. It was nice to because I, I think it's been about a year since I bought it on Blu-ray because it came out with a remastered version, which is fantastically beautiful. And when you read about how they created this film and the Technicolor and how it was laborious and bringing all those sure. cameras, you saw the lot, a lot of effort and love put into this film. And it comes through on screen when you're watching it. And I also think it's 1938. We're just out of the Depression FDR is about to come in. There's a lot here that you can explore about what's happening in our current country at that time socially and politically if you're looking through this whole film, which I think is what always decorates the great ones. There's always something they're saying beyond the, the happiness and the joy and the fun. There's something they're saying about what uh, Joe just brought up, the separation of church and state. It's subtle. It's there. You don't have to make a big deal out of it. If you catch it, you catch it. You don't need to catch it. And I think that's what the amazing, great films do. And this is one of them. Errol Flynn is... This is the height. Every every fantastic great actor has one film that they are a hundred percent known for. This is him at his height. Olivia de Havilland, all just so beautiful and it's unfortunate when you read later on what happens to him later but here you can enjoy him captured in pristine form at the height of his joy and it's a it's a vibrant film if you're listening to us because some people listen to us before they see the film if you i encourage you a thousand percent to go and watch this if you can see it in a theater in revival house do so if you can't get the blu-ray and watch it as on the biggest screen as you can because it is a fantastic film that you will enjoy and you i will challenge you to not walk away with a smile on your face when you finish watching it so
0: I think for me, the thing I kept thinking about is that we go to see movies for different reasons. You know, sometimes Mm. we go to see movies to learn profound lessons. Sometimes we go to see movies to laugh our asses off. Sometimes we go to see movies to get scared to death. And sometimes we go to see movies to get a sense of the the adventure, a sense of the possible, a sense of the heroic. And this is a heroic film. A realistic film? No. (laughs) A heroic film, yes. Mm. And the thing is, is that, we need to see those great, crazy, unrealistic heroes sometimes because we don't have enough of that in our lives, mm-hmm. you know. It's great to see the realistic heroes, it's great to see the tragedies, all those things help, but sometimes you need this. Sometimes you need Robin Hood to swing on a rope and say, Welcome to Sherwood. Yeah. You know, you need you need to see that because we gotta feel like, you know, we can be heroes. Mm-hmm. And that's that's worth it.
3: Yep. Yeah, that's great. I think what you both said is really, really terrific. Because I, 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 I agree with both your, your comments in, uh, in, in every respect. I mean, it's it's just yeah, it's 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 escapism in its you know greatest form, and and to me and also it's a, it's a testament to a time of our country. I mean, I, I mean, you know, we've been around a relatively short period of time mm-hmm. in, in, in terms of world history. Yeah. So you know, two hundred plus years, as opposed to hundreds and thousands in some cultures, uh, and and because of that, I, I think even just in my lifetime, I think of where where our strengths as a country has 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 lain la- la- in the sense that when I was a kid, st- st- U.S. steel, steel was mm-hmm. the thing. Cars, we built cars better than anybody. Yeah. We did a lot of stuff better than a lot of people. Now jump cuts, two thousand seventeen. We're, no, we're not necessarily known to being the greatest steel manufacturers right. We're not known as being Nexus or the greatest car manufacturers. We've lost all of that But the one thing we still do we make movies mm. better than anybody I yeah. mean If we say when I say better, I mean on a scale Going from the littlest kind of independent stuff to the huge stuff that to the point now where when I was first thing out in the business the foreign box office wasn't that big a deal. Right. Mm-hmm. They kind of was because I think... And even the Golden Globes, they thought about it. So it was like a joke award and mm-hmm. all that. Now, all of a sudden, it's, everything has taken on such importance because the foreign, in many cases, especially with films like of this genre, mm-hmm. exactly, it's bigger th- it, on a world scale than it is on... They don't, they don't even care what it does here, in a way. It's almost like, yeah, if it does mediocre here, fine. We'll really make our cash over the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, this is like a foreshadowing of, of that. In other words, this is... This movie is the one that they can put up as one of the ones to say, "Well, this is what caused that to happen," because it lives on, just like what you said. Yeah. It's like this film shot in the thirties; I mean, it was shot before World War Two, yeah. but yeah. yet it here here were three guys living in two thousand seventeen talking, getting excited about this movie <laughs> that we saw. That's <laughs> it, like, yeah, you know, it's it's antiquated in terms of of the technology that's the way films are done today and stuff. But to me, I'll take one of these over a hundred you know sometimes a, a movie that's made yesterday yeah. that doesn't have the, the the script the heart the music the whole you yep. know there's just like like music like a band S- Some some are one just hit wonders some are are classics you know this is a classic for a reason and, and and to me being in the business myself as we all are in the business i'm proud to say this is an industry that we still we still pretty much at a gold standard mm, yeah. and this movie is is one of the examples of it yeah that's great that's great that's fantastic
0: <laughs> so um, that's what we think of the adventures of Robin Hood of course we always want to hear what you think you can visit us on Facebook at the cinephiles that's C-I-N-E you can subscribe to us on YouTube on Stitcher on iTunes you can leave comments you can leave reviews we'd love to hear them if you want to reach me you can always reach me at SR Morris John where can I reach you you guys can always reach me at the
2: Roca says uh, you can see all the shows I'm hosting and co-hosting also uh, contribute to our patreon you know Steve Absolutely. and I uh, we, we started it a couple of months ago it's really been growing every month the contributions from all of you just thank you so much for the comments and the compliments and of course we will listen to the movies that you are recommending and consider it but it's a great way to keep us doing the show because it's not an inexpensive show to do and so we appreciate any dime and there's always a bunch of awards and then a bunch of amounts that you can contribute that help to the show and so we appreciate it greatly
3: and I can be reached in Sherwood Forest with my merry men and my merrier women.
0: So, if you want to visit Joe, go to Sherwood Forest. Yes, um, or, or,
3: or www.joemontaigne.com. There you go. Also,
0: that's the Sherwood Forest of the Internet. Exactly. Well, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show. This yes. has been
3: so much. No, f- to you, about I, this you know movie? what? What's funny is I did not watch the movie again. I, I, I decided I'm going to come in cold and just mm. kind of relive this through the la- and I, I probably haven't seen the movie in I don't know maybe 20 years maybe right. but 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 what I did do is I bought talked about that blu-ray yeah, version blu-ray. that made me buy a blu-ray player because <laughs> oh. when it came out they said and robin hood's gonna be released in blu-ray i said blu-ray this sounds interesting what's blu-ray and i find <laughs> out it was just like like super net way to see movies i said well shit i gotta go buy this <laughs> so i went out i bought the robin hood copy as soon as it came out yeah. and then bought the player yeah. but, I, but you know what i haven't even looked at it yet <laughs> I, I just through. wanted to have it yeah but i have it but now, now I'm all excited again. No, so now, I, now I'm, yeah. I am gonna see. It. So in a way, I'm glad right. we did this because it got me all jazzed up. Like, yeah, I want to hear it again. I want to see it, uh, and that's why I, did, I purposely didn't want to see it before talking to you guys. Mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of just kind of because I know it so well. I mean, I've been, yeah. I've seen it. God, I think about it. I've been watching it since I've been ten years old, maybe. Yeah. You know, so
0: you're going to go home. You're going to put that Blu-ray in, and the colors is going to be so yeah. amazing. What you're going to see, I know, because so my
3: my strongest memory of it was the time I saw it on a big screen mm-hmm. in the Clark Theater, yeah. like in mm-hmm. Chicago, with yeah. the with the with the and and I've got a pretty good system now at home. I got a surround sound and the whole deal, and I got a really big. I got a you know a theater mm-hmm. uh, indoor uh, house uh, in home theater so uh, yeah I'm this is going to happen very soon <laughs> good
0: good well let us let us know what you think of it well, yeah. I will, I will go on
2: yeah. to hear I, and, I will and I want to say one this has been a personal joy of mine because I've been a personal fan of your acting since Homicide so like oh, to me it's just a pleasure to be in the same room with much. Joey Zaza and all the other oh,
3: and yeah.
0: a massive fan of Criminal Minds as well so uh, this has been a great joy my pleasure you know, so no, no this, great this great was this,
3: was, was, this I, had, I had a good time great.
0: good alright well I think that's it for this week we will see you next time on the Cinephiles